I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did go up there, Rabbits. What about Andrew King? Put him in the second! Yes, yes, and just like that, it's Thursday again, the footy is back, it feels like only yesterday that the full-time siren went off on Sunday's game, but we didn't have to wait too long to get the footy back, uh, teamless Tuesdays come and gone, all the talk uh, between now and, and pr- last week has settled down. We're going to get straight into the Supercoach preview this week. We're going to start off with buy, holds, and sells. Got a few listener Q&As. Got the Captain Obvious. Got trade talks as well. So plenty to come up in the show. But let's kick things off with the buys for round two. First buy on the list is David Mead. Now, I'm never a huge fan of quote-unquote chasing last week's points, but Mead looks to be a genuine cash cow option and looks to be a phenomenal pickup for the price he's at. A lot of people are wanting to use his previous years against him, and normally I'm all for that. I'm never a huge fan of seeing a phenomenal change in output, but the eye test looked really good, didn't it? David Mead uh, had a phenomenal base, looked like he was getting involved in the Broncos' attack, wanting to run a few tackle busts. We can take off the try. Yeah, like it's still a nice score. So for the price, and it's how poor the cheapies performed last year, especially all the cheap ones, I think David Mead looks to be standing out uh, from the pack. I don't see against this Titans side he's going to have a huge, I guess, negative output either. I still see those runs happening. I still see a couple of tackle busts and offload here or there. I think Mead's a safe 35, 40 points for you. And at 230k, uh, definitely a good pickup for someone like a Saab if you put the red line through him. The next man on the buy list is Spencer Linu now. Uh, Said it last week that Moses Leota was a hold-off. Um, that proved to be correct. It didn't. No, it didn't impress me whatsoever. Happy that I didn't start with Linu, but this Spencer Linu off the bench looks phenomenal. Looks to provide a lot of impact. Uh, just runs with so much energy. Put out a, a really good score. Uh, I'll make it no secret that Lino is starting in my side this week. I'm going to drop Hetherington and bring Lino in. I understand he's off the bench, but if he can keep up that output, like we touched on last week, I don't think he's too far away from starting in this Penrith side. And Based off last week's performance, Ivan Cleary gave him good minutes. Uh, Moses Leota didn't play as many um, as people thought, but uh, for cash cow lovers out there, that only spells good things for Lino. I definitely can see him being a great pickup for you guys that are downgrading someone like a Jack Hetherington or a Matt Lodge. We move on to the holds for round two. We've got two guys that I, I would be holding and one guy that I'd be holding off buying in. Now, I'll get straight into the man that I'm holding off buying in. That's Kirk Capewell. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, a dual position center wing second row forward is gold in Supercoach, and Capewell looks to be that. But let's just remember that he scored a try and a line break, and that really inflated his score. Now, this is a different scenario to Mead. Mead's also 200k cheaper. Also, the fact that the Panthers' second row rotation is so up in the air um, does worry me a little bit. I want to see Cape Well settle into a few more minutes and just a bigger workload until I can really confidently put him in the side. 
The next man on the list is Damien Cook in terms of holds. Now, don't get me wrong, someone of Cook's calibre for the score that he put out last weekend isn't good enough, but let's just remember, we can't knock a champion for too long. Cook last year had a, a low score of 35 and then came out and scored 77 against the Roosters next week. We know the trend, basically, with Cook. He's going to start slow. Uh, every year, the Rabbitohs come out and say, we're going to focus on Cook's running game more and more, and he seems to respond to that. So don't uh, don't count Cook down for too long. If you've bought him, like, what was your plan if you had a poor week? Was was it your plan always to sell him? Because I think if it was, then it's a, it's a poor strategy move on my end. You're buying a top-level hooker just to dump him after a week. I understand people are going to go Braley or, or Watson or, or Little, but... Yeah, look, I think if you miss the boat in those cheapies, then you just stick with Cook personally. I don't see the the reasoning behind trading out uh, a gun after one week. Personally, I didn't start with Cook because I did think he would start off slow. Look, if he falters again for a second week in a row, then definitely look at getting him out before heads-to-head start. But for me, definitely, uh, if you've bought him, hold him, and reap the rewards. The last one on the hold list is obviously no surprise, Angus Crichton. I'm not too sure why this is even being entertained to trade him. People are saying that they're at the top of the rankings and they want to maintain their spot. Let's just remember that you being at the top of the rankings, you're probably only 60, 70 points clear of the next best. I know, for example, between myself at 6,500 and the top 1,000, there's only 100 points difference. So, yeah, look, I'd, I'd definitely be holding Crichton. It's two trades you have to burn to get him back in. The trade's so crucial this year. I think the strategy for me is if you are going to be making trades this early, you're doing so to pick up the cheapies that you missed. So someone like David Mead, uh, Tyrell Fuimaona, or Ryan James, for example. If you missed out on these guys, that's when you use the trades to get them in. I don't see using trades to trade out guns, apart from one man that we will touch on next. And that is Jason Tamalolo is the first trade for me. I think if you started with him knowing that he was going to play reduced minutes, you shouldn't be too surprised to see this. I understand he didn't play well, and he's probably going to respond this week and play better, but for the output that you put, for the money that you're paying, until I can see those minutes pick up, and I can until I can see that workload change, I definitely can look at getting him out. It's a different story to someone like Damien Cook. We look at the Rabbitohs, we look at how they use their back line. Cook was never in the game, whereas Tamalolo, people say he didn't play enough minutes. I think he played seven or eight minutes less than what he normally does, so... It wasn't even like a huge downput of input. Uh, Tamalolo's PPM, uh, that only equates to between 10 and 15 points. So even even that, we take him to a 50. That's just simply not good enough for me, for a guy who in prior years was such a super coach gun. For me, Jason Tamalolo is a sell, but I can definitely understand the people that are wanting to hold him and just see one more week from him. But I didn't start with him. For you guys that didn't, well done. For you guys that did, I would be selling him to someone like a Fafita or a Frizzell, who both really impressed me over the weekend without doing a whole lot. The next man on the sell list, unfortunately for me, is Brian Kelly. Suffered that hand injury. He's out for three weeks. Uh, it really stings to sell him because he scored 47 and looked very quiet in a game where the Titans only scored six points. Kelly was shaping up to be a really, really good option for the opening rounds. Look, I still think he's a buy when he comes back. He's going to be one of the elite center wings, I feel. But for now, I think it's just too much cash to be sitting on the sidelines for three weeks. Different story to Angus Crichton. Crichton's only out for a week, but I feel like in the center wings, um, we can downgrade to someone like a David Mead or upgrade to someone like a Brian Toto. So for me, Brian Kelly's unfortunately a sell. And the last man on the sell list, uh, no surprise, it's another injury-riddled player. It's Matt Lodge. 
Look, Lodge was shaping up to be a fantastic buy for people that took the punt. I know I've been reading a lot of stuff on social media about him being a flop, but let's just remember he scored 18 points in 17 minutes. People were buying him for that three-round price rise. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for, for two to three weeks. I think he's just going to lose too much of game time when Haas comes back. Fantastic pickup for the first three rounds, but it looks like he's coming back when Haas is, and I think he'll be relegated to the bench, and there's probably some better options to pick up around that price point. And as I have gone to do the listener Q&A, the rain has started bucketing down for you guys on the east coast of New South Wales. Uh, I'm sure you're copying it just as much as me, so I apologize for the background noise. But we do have the listener Q&A. I put this post out last night at about 10.30. I got 75 replies by this morning. So, look, a lot of them I have deleted because they are double-up questions. A lot of them I've replied to privately. We have 20 questions for you guys today, and the first one comes from Pat. Will we see bigger scores from Avarillo in the next few rounds? Look... Based off the eye test, uh, it looks like that Kyle Flanagan is the, the strike man at Canterbury, which I think we all assumed, but we thought Kyle, um, we thought Jake Averill may have had some better output. I think for me, he is one of my sells this week, and I'll touch on that later. But look, I'm not too sure what his ceiling is, because he's going to need to get involved in attack. It looks like he's not doing a whole lot of off-the-ball work either. So look, for me, I don't see where the points are going to come from from Averillo, but for the guys that are holding him, Definitely hope he kills it this week, but they're playing the Panthers and it's going to be a really tough matchup for those guys in the wet. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Cashos said the best second row options for feeder, Tino, or offer. Um, look, I think for feeders, head and shoulders above the rest. Tito played a solid game and got 60. Offer play, played good minutes and, and got a similar output, but David Fafita didn't really do a whole lot and, and pumped out 60. The attacking upside of him is, is phenomenal. I think him and Frizzell may be two of the best options to target this week in terms of your second rowers. Next question comes from Sam, and he asks, Welch and Adverillo for Joe Off and Toto. Now, I've touched on this all week. I don't think people should be jumping off the Welch train just yet. Give him another week. Look, if this is the only way you can get Toto, then look, I look at it a little bit differently. I think Toto is nearly a must-have in my opinion, but oh, it's hard. It's hard because Joe O, look, people are looking at this Tigers bench and thinking, oh, well, he's going to play big minutes, but I don't see Maguire running two backs off the bench. I expect one of them to drop off. If he, do, if he doesn't, uh, if he plays Talao and Mbai, then yeah, definitely could look at um, Joe O. But for me, I just think this bench is going to change and that may affect Joe Offahangawi's minutes. But if it's the only way to get Toto and you've got to dump Avarillo and Welch, then I don't hate it. But if you can get Toto in other ways, then I'd be holding on to Welch personally. The next question comes from Martin Rivers. Spencer Lino or Ryan James for Matt Lodge? Look, I think Spencer has better job security in the immediate future. I do want to wait and see what happens with Corey Horsburgh and whether he is going to come back into this Canberra Raiders side for Ryan James. Look, I think James has done enough to hold his spot, but I'd definitely rather be picking up Lino in terms of security. You don't want this problem of picking up Ryan James and following the Jacob Host route of him just being dropped next week. So I think Spencer, his output's going to remain the same, I'd be picking him up over Ryan James. Thomas asks, can Teddy turn up again? Uh, controversially, I don't think he will. Um, I've got him out of my captain choices this week. 
He averages like 55 against the Tigers, I think, from memory. He hasn't had a score above 63 against them. Uh, uncharacteristically from the Tigers, normally they, they aren't too great at defending fullbacks, but yeah, look, with the with the rain around, I'm happy to to not claim that Teddy's going to turn up again, personally. William asks, is Saab to Mead a good play? Look, if that's the only trade you're going to be making this week and you don't have to play Jason Saab, I'd be holding off on it. As much as I think Mead is a buy, I think giving Saab another week to see what he's going to do is against the Roosters. And I understand he's probably not going to score too crash hot, but if you aren't going to be playing Mead, then I'd hold off on the trade. Give yourself another chance to have a look at both those guys and see their output. Jono asks, thoughts on Davey? Yeah, look, he looked phenomenal last week when he came on for Manly, didn't he? He was probably one of their best players on the park off the bench. The biggest problem is Jack being on the bench and what's the output going to be taking away from him. If Davey can snag 60 minutes, definitely an option to look at over someone like Joffa Hengawi, I think. But the problem is, is that job security and how we think Des Hasler is going to use him and Jack Oseki. So for me, wait and see on Davey before jumping the gun on him. Talon asks, what do you think of Little? Do you think we should trade him in? I think you should have started with him personally, unless you're running someone like a, a Damien Cook or a Jaden Braley as the reserve. I don't see why you wouldn't have started with Braley, uh, with, without Little, sorry. But, look, if same thing as last question. If you have no other trades to make, I'd be waiting to see how Mike Maguire uses him with this rotation with him by on the bench before jumping the gun. It's a case of whether you have to play him or not. Personally, I've left the reserve off him because there's probably a little bit of uncertainty around the by bench option. So... Yeah, I think it's a case of whether you, you need him in your side or not, whether you need that fourth reserve. Jay Nixon, 92. Hold Lolo one more week. If he doesn't fire, who to flip to? Barnett, I've got Angus and Maddo. So you've got a stack second row. We just You just need Lolo to start firing. As I touched on earlier in the week, I don't think Barnett is a buy. I think if you miss the jump on him, then you've missed the jump. Look, when he's not goal kicking, he's just going to go back to being a 60, 65 point second rower. But... With the goal kicking, obviously, it does is, is going to help him. But the longer that you leave not buying Barnett, the closer and closer Kalen Ponga's return date is. I think you should have started with Barnett in round one if you were going to pick him at all. If not, then I, I wouldn't be. Like I've said in the previous uh, answers, I think David Fafita or Tyson Frizzell uh, are a much more attractive option if you're going to bring in a second row forward. David asks, is Kool McTungy a bad trade for Matt Lodge? Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. Look, I was very high on Keon coming into the preseason, but it looks like Wayne Bennett is going to be using Benji Marshall as that bit of a middleman. I don't see him spelling his origin star in Jaden Sewer too much, so I think Kulmatungi is the one that comes out of the side for Marshall coming in, and Cam Murray moves to the edge, so don't expect a huge output from, from KK, but uh, look, hopefully he proves us wrong. We've got another week before price rises, but I think, yeah, it may be a bad trade, bit of a not a sideways trade, but I think you could go with someone like Tyrell Fuimona, pocket the 40k, and use that to upgrade. Deck Lambert asks, opinions on more than one trade. Should I try and get Dan Saifidi in my team? No, no I think I think Clemmer's the better option in the front row forwards out of those two. Yeah, I understand Saifidi scored a try, but looks like Clemmer's going to be playing big minutes. It looks like Adam O'Brien is going to be relying heavily on him in that middle. I think Saifidi, yeah, he'll be a solid 60, 65 point scorer, but I think Clemmer has the ability to, to go 70, 75. If you're wanting more of an X factor, then Saifidi obviously is the way to go. He's proven that you can find the try line, but if you want a consistent front row forward, I'd definitely be going with Clemmer. Hayden asks, when and if the time comes, if the Knights are firing, would you consider Pappy to Ponga? Look, I think if the, if the Knights come into a fantastic bit of form. I know at the end of the year they have a really good draw. I haven't looked at them too hard in the middle of the season, but it's, I think it comes down to if Pappy's going to be playing State of Origin. If he doesn't grab a bench spot, then you hold Pappy until after Origin. 
But uh, we know what KP can do. He's a, a 75-point scorer with the goal-kicking, with a fantastic draw to come home. With these guns, you don't really worry about the price and the break-evens. KP is going to start over 700k. Wait for him to come down in price. Wait to see what happens with Origin. If Pappy can cannot be picked, then definitely a great option to hold until Ponga's price drops after Origin. James asks, safer option to make cash, Tupanua or Young? I think Tupanua has better security. I know that Hudson Young was probably one of the best players on the ground last week, but you've obviously got the likes of uh, Joe Tarpany that can play in the back row. You've got Corey Harawira Naira to come back. So, look, I think Tupanua's second row spot is locked in stone until board coordinator is determined fit, if ever. So, Hudson Young has probably the better base, but Tupanua is probably the safer option. Ben asks, is Toto the center wing to go for under 550k. Yeah, I think so. Look, look at the work he got through. He had two tries bombed by Crichton, not passing it. Still scored over 80. So I think Toto on that left edge, once they start clicking in full gear, I think he's going to be unstoppable. Definitely the, the center wing option to go for under 550k. Nico asks, Lamp, hold or trade for Jaden Broly? Look, Another one of these questions that fall down to if you have other pressing issues. Have a look at your team. Have a workout. If you need to make any trades at all, if not, then I'd just be holding off a week. Look, if you aren't confident in Lamb to be playing in your side and scoring, I'd definitely look at going someone like a Braley. I think he's going to be playing 80 minutes for the foreseeable future. Until Kurt Mann drops back to the bench and Blake Green comes into the side, then we can maybe have a look at the rotation. But for the next uh, couple of weeks, it looks like he's playing 80. Looks like he's going to punch out a fair few tackles. Has a, a good run in him. So, yeah, look, if you've got no other options, then then bring Braley in. But happy to, to wait on Lamb for another week against the Tiger side. Who knows what he could do there. All right, guys, that was the listener questions. Like I said, post these every night at about on Wednesday night. Um, so check the instance if you want to be featured on that. But look, I'm getting a lot of trade requests in the DMs. Um, I'm going to be doing a trade talk post later on Thursday for you guys to discuss all your trades. I might be able to give some advice. Some other people might be able to give some advice as well. But for now, let's get straight into the Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious. Yeah, so we've got four captain options this week. Um, one straight option, one C and VC, and two VCs. And no surprise to put the VC on Ryan Pappenhausen on Friday night. I think, based off his form last week, he's a pretty pretty crucial part of this Melbourne attack. Uh, goal kicking, they could score a plethora of points. He, he looks very, very involved last week. I guess the biggest downside with picking Pappenhausen as your... Uh, vice-captain is obviously, you're ruling out Tedesco, but I don't think that's too much too much of a bad option this week. The next vice-captain option is David Fafita. Do you really think this bloke isn't going to get up for it uh, against his old club and fire? Look, it's in the Gold Coast too. I think they want to put a stance on. They didn't play well last week. He scored 60. We just need a few attacking stats, and he could ton up easily. I think if you have David Fafita, he could be a fantastic option to be picking as your vice-captain. The captain slash vice captain option might be a little bit of a surprising one this week, but it's Damien Cook. As we touched on him before in the hold section, don't count a champion down for too long. Last year, Cook had his worst score of the year in round two. He scored a 35 and then bounced back next week against the Roosters with a 71. Against Manly, there's going to be definitely worse options to be to be putting the C on. Uh, we just need him to ignite that running game, get South on the front foot, and he could explode. We know the caliber of player that Cook is, especially in Supercoach. We just need him to harness that running game and really get South on the front foot and could ignite you, strap the leaderboard, if Cook fires. The last captain choice, I think it's pretty obvious here, it's Nathan Cleary. Now, last week, Cleary had his hand in everything, didn't he? He just punched in, punched out his time card, made it look like clockwork, and still put out 100 
against the Bulldogs here, uh, we could definitely see this this going huge. Cleary is the Panthers' attack. I know that that left edge is, is key, but Cleary's just the facilitator. He'll just grind you down, and he's quickly proving why he is the best halfback in the game. And as a Queensland fan, it does hurt to say that. But, um, yeah, I think he surpassed Cherry Evans. He is definitely the best supercoach option at halfback. And, yeah, I think he's now stating his case to be far and away the best halfback in the game. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. All right. Up next, we have the hot takes. Now, round one, mixed bag. We we picked Munster to go under 40. Obviously, bag to try to go for 71. I think I picked TKO to go over 80. He got very close. Barnett to go over 80, which he did. I picked the Chad to go over 60, which he did. I picked Lolo to go under 55, which he did. So, look, a bit of mixed bags there. Munster under 40 was obviously the one that uh, left some egg on my face, but... We move on. We've got round two hot takes this week. We've got another six. Same thing as my captain's post. I've got Damien Cook and David Fafita both to go over 85. I've got Tessie New to go over 50. I think a lot of people are writing him off too quickly. I've got Fergo to go under 40 for the Parramatta Eels. I've got Cody Nicarima to go under 35. And I've got Scott Drinkwater to go over 75 for the Cowboys. And lastly, we're going to round up with Trade Talk now. These are the two trades I'm making. Uh, feel free to, to send me yours. Let me know how you're going with yours. But um, for me, trading out Jake Avarillo and Brian Kelly. Trading in Brian Toto and David Mead. That's going to leave me with 111k to make some trades next week. Upgrade my team before head-to-head start. But for now, guys, that was everything. That was the round two Supercoach preview. Uh, good luck to everyone. I know last week was a huge score week. It was one of the highest round one scores I've ever seen. Look, I think people might come crashing down to round two a little bit. I think this is going to be a low score. I think the par might be around 11.50. So if you guys get anywhere around that, I think you've had a good week. But for now, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. That's all, folks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.